Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I got a treat for you. A special treat. I got a Scooby snack for y'all, okay? The Asthmatic Sherpa Podcast has had a guest on, okay? I just wrapped up my interview with Jeremy Epstein. Um, for those of you who don't know who he is, he's, um, well, you know, he's an expert on marketing and cryptocurrency, but that's a very small sliver of the things he does. Um, and he really, if I were to use one word to describe him, it'd probably be futurist. He's always looking for the next big thing. He's always looking towards the future. That's why he's so into cryptocurrency. Um, so I just wrapped up a phenomenal interview with him. It was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys have as much fun listening to it as I had making it. So yeah, here we go. Please welcome Jeremy Epstein. Uh, I'm joined now uh, by the wonderful, by the charismatic, the great Count Jeremy Epstein. Um, Jeremy Epstein is a marketing master, a king of cryptocurrency. How would you How would you describe yourself? I've ever received. It's a true honor for me to be on the Asthmatic Sherpa podcast. This is a great, great day for me. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm Did not... I hear recently that you turned down the Kardashians because they weren't big enough to be on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, is that rumor true? Um, unfortunately, that's that's confidential. Fair, but, I understand. But it's... Well, I, I, um, they just weren't. They just weren't who I was going for. I you know? understand. Well, all the more reason why I'm honored to be here. Today. Yeah, it's you know, a pleasure to have you. Elite crowd that you. Well, you you are number one. You are my first interview. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. I mean, I guess you know, all the more reason to be the opening day. Yeah. All right. Um. So, if someone were to ask you, what what you do. Um, you know, and you were to explain to them in 30 seconds or less, what would you say? <laughs> Fair question. What do I do? I mean, I, I try to make sense of the world and look for opportunities to contribute my skills to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the folks at home who, you know, live under a rock and haven't heard of the great Jeremy Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> Epstein is the other guy who died in the cell. Yeah, <laughs> doing my research, every other result was that guy. So yeah, yeah, uh, he killed our 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 Google page and crushed us. Like yeah, that. it's gotta be gotta it's be the a, worst thing for the brand in a long time. All right. Sure. Well, uh, th- those who know you know you know you uh, are very knowledgeable about the cryptocurrency world. Um, so I'm just wondering. Obviously, cryptocurrency is a relatively new thing, you know, compared to. Right. normal currency um and you know whenever something new comes on the scene it's filling some sort of void so what void do you think cryptocurrency filled and will fill in the future what do you think what opportunity showed that cryptocurrency walk through that door well first of all that's an excellent question thank you one tweak i might make to your question is the idea that 
currency that we currently have today is quote unquote normal mm -hmm. because that implies that crypto is abnormal mm -hmm. and you know obviously that takes negative associations with it but essentially what cryptocurrency is it's, it's simply the next step in the evolution of the concept of money all money is is an exchange of value right yeah with the knowledge that you can then use that value which was exchanged to get goods or services at some point in the future yeah so we use dollars or shekel or euros or australian dollars or yeah, gold coins or pebbles or glass beads all throughout history. I mean, you've probably seen coins stamped in, you know, from the Roman times or what have you. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Just waste. Yeah, I mean, the money's the idea of money's been around because you have to have money in order to make a, a large economy at work mm -hmm. uh, work. Otherwise, you're always trading whatever you have for what other people have, and sometimes you don't want what they have and they don't want what you have yeah so money fills that gap so yeah. what's powerful about crypto currency which is just one small part of a much larger universe of what we might call crypto assets mm -hmm. so we'll just start with the currency as the money is that unlike um existing currency which you might call fiat or government currency um, first of all, it's provably scarce. So, I mean, you think about a baseball card or anything or a diamond or gold. Part of the reason why they have value is because people know that there are only a few of them. Mm -hmm. If everyone had it, it wouldn't have any value. Yeah. So the challenge is with money, you need to know that the money you have actually will have value over the long term with digital cryptocurrency you know that only a certain amount of the new currency might get created or none of it will whereas with government currency as we've seen in the last few months we've created more money in four months than we have in the entire history today. yeah and the burden's on my generation yeah the burden's all on my generation dollars no longer scarce but that's just part of it yeah secondly you know if you um want to take the money with you you can do that on your phone on a usb drive now the reason why that's important is because if you want to travel and you want to have access to your money at all times um you may not have that in certain situations so for example if uh, an atm network is down or if the bank is closed, or if you go to another country, you have to go through a whole series of other institutions. So it's far less portable. It's also not digital. Well, isn't that what isn't that what credit cards are for? Credit cards can can serve that, but that actually ties into one of the other points, which is the lower fees. You may not see it directly when you charge with the credit card, but Every time a transaction happens, someone pays with a credit card, Visa or MasterCard takes almost three and a half percent of that transaction. So one way or another, you're paying. 
-hmm. with cryptocurrency because you don't need all of that visa network in between the fees are much lower and will be much lower that's 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 great and then, you know you could go on i mean there's i hate to, i hate to jump into you know using the holocaust as an example for everything but the point will resonate with a lot of people who've studied the period uh -huh. you know the big term for it might be censorship resistant but imagine you needed to flee a country which people all over the world need to do all the time yeah if all of your savings are in a bank and the bank then maybe there's a law that the government passes that says certain people are not allowed to access their bank account then you leave this, the country with no money. But if you control the money and it's sitting on your phone because you have that, uh, that uh, the key to basically your own crypto safe, as it were, which goes with you anywhere, yeah. you're protected against those types of scenarios. So, so we could go on for hours, but to me, this is what the economies of the future are going to use cryptocurrencies to function because of the tremendous value and benefit that it delivers to regular people like you and me compared to our existing system. So, so, um, you know, old money, gold, stuff like that is more for a physical age, but we live in more of a digital age and things are only going to get more digital. He's going to evolve with us. Yeah, you are a hundred percent right. Well, 100% right. So, I mean, if you want to send, yeah, go ahead. No, so great I, point. So I just have a, I have a question. Ahead of most people. So I just have a question about that, which is that, you know, obviously cryptocurrency trading is becoming more popular by the day. But I mean, as far as I can tell, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but no one's really buying anything with cryptocurrency. And it hasn't really, hasn't really, you know, evolved into what we use as currency. People see it more today as an investment. Um, like a stock. So what is your view on that? It's another, man, you're two for two with great questions. Thank you. The answer is, um, you're not seeing, just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I purchased earrings for the Countess <laughs> for Mother's Day and I bought them from a woman who sold jewelry in India, and I paid for them with cryptocurrency. That's cool. So, you know, houses have been purchased in Bitcoin um, or other crypto assets. Uh, I actually run a fund for people who want to invest, and we have an investor who wants to invest with Bitcoin into our fund, which is totally okay. Um, I've, you know, I have a uh, consultant I work with who helps me. Part of his payment is in cryptocurrency. That's cool. So there are thousands of people, millions of people around the world who don't have access to the same banking systems, who work across borders, who work in countries, or who are trying to preserve, for, provide for the family in countries where there are authoritarian um, regimes like Venezuela. Mm -hmm. or irresponsible governments like Argentina and Zimbabwe and Turkey. And many of those economies, if you look at where crypto adoption is happening and where crypto is being used for transactions, um, are happening there because the need for these types of solutions 
in those places is much, much higher. Just because it's not happening, or you don't do it every day and you know, suburban America yeah. doesn't mean that people around the world aren't doing it. Yeah, I mean, Amazon doesn't allow cryptocurrency. Do you think they're going to allow cryptocurrency purchases in the future? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just curious, just a question that rose into my mind was, you know, these countries who are very poor, that, that are very poor, do they have the digital capacity? I mean, I mean, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but just like if they have the Nobody's digital loved. capacity. <laughs> now, like if they have the digital capacity to, to you know, have cryptocurrency and also, I mean, it's, it's not, people aren't very familiar with it and you know, people who are living in these poor countries, education is very scarce. So I don't know if, you know, they'd be able to pick it up so quickly. It's a great question. But again, these are some assumptions uh, that may not hold out. So for example, in order to use, to participate in these networks, all you need is a smartphone. Mm -hmm. The number of people in these countries that have smartphones is significant. What's more, when, as these countries are developing, they skip the stage that America and much of the West went through in terms of landlines, and they go direct to 3G, 4G, and maybe even 5G eventually. Yeah, like so they India. have the infrastructure. I mean, Kenya, for example, I mean, there's a, a company there called M-Pesa. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but hundreds of millions of dollars worth of value being exchanged through their network in Kenya. Ghana, um, Nigeria, Mexico, the amount of money that's being sent back by, or before pandemic, I should say, from the U.S. to Mexico, there was something like, uh, I'm making numbers up here, but $300 million or something was sent by cryptocurrency in remittances. That's amazing. That's very expensive. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you know people who send money back to Central or Latin America or South America or any other country for that matter, frequently are paying fees anywhere from 10 to 20 percent just to send the money to their relatives that's that's amazing yeah um, crypto makes that almost zero so uh so i have a question about one coin uh for those at home that don't know what what one coin was uh and c correct me because because you know a lot more about this than me but basically it was a big cryptocurrency ponzi scheme where people bought these packages of cryptocurrency um, and they were told that their money would go, their cryptocurrency would go up in value. Um, whereas it was just a big Ponzi scheme and the head of the Ponzi scheme has disappeared off the face of the earth. So my question, anything I got wrong there? You know, I don't even know much about the one coin example specifically. The story makes sense to me because here's the thing, like the technology itself, like any technology can be used for good or bad. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a gun can be used for good or bad. A car can be used for good or bad. You know, a knife can be used for good or bad. Blockchains are the same thing. They're a technology. They don't, they're not inherently, like, they're not moral entities. They can be used for good. And there are going to be people who use them for bad, which is true for every other system. So, in my opinion, it doesn't change the fact that the benefits significantly outweigh costs but to say that there are no costs and no risks it's just ridiculous. i mean they're, they're just you know becoming normal and part of becoming normal is 
partially becoming flawed in a sense. Maybe yeah, maybe mean, flaws are not work. Yeah, that's what happens. People are going to try and take advantage of it, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean the whole idea is a terrible idea. Yeah. Okay, so I wanna I wanna pivot. I mean, not really a pivot, a complete, a complete. Yeah, a complete lane change. Um, so those of you who know, you know you're a big traveler guy. Uh, you've been to Japan, America, other places. <laughs> right. um, so I just wanted to hear what you had to say about, you know, different your experience with different cultures, and you know what you've what you've taken and what you've learned from those different cultures, and how how you how it's impacted you and the way you live your life. I mean, that's a great question. Thanks. Also, um, I'm not sure I have enough time to answer all of them because <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my life to travel and experience many, many different countries and cultures. In fact, if you go to my Twitter uh, profile, I have I, I call myself a cultural appropriator because I like to take little pieces of all the cultures I've uh, met. <laughs> and integrate that but i will share like one story that i think is really powerful from japan i lived there for two years mm -hmm. um, in the late 90s and in japan they have these uh, bullet trains they're called shinkansen and they're you know they go 300 miles an hour and they're really fun to ride but when they come into the main train station in tokyo it's the end of the line and what happens is you know the train comes in Passengers get off, and there are a bunch of passengers waiting in a beautiful line because the Japanese are great about standing in line. And they are waiting to get on the train. But in between, the cleaning crew goes on and just, you know, goes through, picks up like trash or plastic that's on the seats or, you know, cleans the bathrooms, whatever. And they still out. I mean, the Japanese are extremely efficient at pretty much everything they do, but certainly at this. They go on, they clean it. But here's the cool part they come off the train. And the whole cleaning crew lines up with their back uh, to the train, and they're facing all the uh, travelers who are about to get on that train. Oh, and wow. an announcement comes over the loudspeaker at Tokyo Station based in Japanese, basically saying something like, you know, most honored and revered customers, we are so grateful that you have chosen to spend your time and money with us. And it was a great honor and privilege for us to, to clean this train for you. And then the cleaning crew bows to the customers and the customers bows back to the cleaning crew. And I just thought that was an amazing um, example of how the Japanese really uh, internalize the idea that every job, no matter what, has dignity to it and deserves respect. That's lovely. That's a lovely message. That's that's really nice. Thank you so much. It was a uh, it was a pleasure. Um, just um, you can follow Jeremy at J E R nine seven nine on Twitter. Um, where else there can people go. find you? That's good enough for now. I do blog uh, five days a week at blog.neverstopmarketing.com, and that's whatever I want to rant about. But you know, uh, I have to say it's been. A true privilege. What makes a phenomenal podcast, and there's no doubt that the Asthmatic Sherpa, which, is, by the way, is a phenomenal name in and of itself, thank you, is on the road to being up there with the great podcasts of all time, no question. <laughs> and I think a lot of it comes down to the nature of the questions 
that you ask and the way you make your guests feel comfortable. So it's a privilege to be here, and I'm excited to see the growth of this to the top of the Spotify charts. I feel bad for Joe Rogan because you'll knock him off, but I'm just like. Uh, it was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for your kind words. No problem. Yeah, have, have a good night, sir. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. All right, uh, that was Jeremy Epstein. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at JER979. Um, and he also has a blog, blog.neverstopmarketing.com. That was lovely. That that just warmed my heart. Just filled my heart with joy. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great guy. I was going to ask him about his beard. He has a nice beard, but um, I, figured, I figured things were going well. All right, that was great.